Hello, welcome to episode 101 of The Nerd Out. I am your co-hostess, Lisa. I'm Richard Pete. We are here to get our nerd out on with you and a very special guest who we will introduce in a moment. If you want to find us online, we are at The Nerd Out on Instagram and Twitter. We have a Facebook page, The Nerd Out, and you can email us, info at thenerdout.com. Uh, you can find us on Stitcher, on iTunes. If you're listening to us right now, you found us. Okay. Boom. Boom. Seems like a moot point, but hey, you Boom. know, if you didn't find us, that's how you find us. And uh, we love reviews, so leave us a review, and if it's a noteworthy one, we will read it online or out loud, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so here we are, and today we have a super, super special repeat guest, a very dear friend of our podcast and of us as people, mm-hmm. and that would be the super badass author and ass kicker, Lilium Rivera. What's up? What's up? What's up? This is Yay. your fourth timers. Fourth is this timers. Fourth time? Wow. Well, including your little your video. I was your, uh, not say your video. Your audio. Shout out. <laughs> your shout out at at our hundredth episode. Gracias for that. You were on yep. epi- for the people that want to hear all of Lilium. Let's go back to episode sixty one. They sleep we grind. That was back in two in twenty fifteen. Go to episode eighty. Flawed characters. April twenty seventeen. Episode. 100 that was just a couple of weeks ago and then today <laughs> yay you are you're an overachiever william <laughs> i like to i like to get on this place i feel, I feel safe <laughs> i feel seen yeah good good uh, i also we hear i also want to i want to point out early on that um william has like an awesome social media presence with like all kinds of cool shit and mm-hmm. she has a website, liliamrivera.com. It will be in our show notes in case, like, you're having some issues and just need to click on it. And you can find her on Instagram. And I think you're on Twitter, too, yeah? Yes. Oh, please. Twitter. Is she on Twitter? <laughs> please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is she on Twitter? Uh-huh. <laughs> She's hilarious on Twitter, so you have to follow her there. So we finally have her on. We've been waiting to have Lilium on because I read her book, her latest book, Okay. Yes. Latest um, mm-hmm. dealing in dreams, which was amazing, and I loved it. And then you, Ti, finally finished it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, not finally. Finally started it. I finally started it real quick once it. I started it. Exactly. <laughs> That's what happens as, as one does when you read Lilium shit. Yeah. <laughs> so we wanted to wait until I could speak knowledgeably and not just sit there going, mm, mm-hmm, <laughs> and, you know, have some really in-depth questions and be able to rubber stamp this and be like, yes, you need to read this, people. Yeah. And so, I mean, my quick review of this book Thanks. is Thanks. that um, it is kind of, uh, I really liked it because it's kind of a genre bending a little bit. Um, sort of takes place in the future, young women who are badasses figuring out who they are and how they fit into the society that they're in. And I just, I loved that it was like kind of YA, kind of, uh, kind of dystopian sci-fi-ish a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like it was, it just tickled all of the parts of my brain that are, that like love to read about all of this stuff. It was an awesome read and I plowed through it. I loved it. High five Lilium. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Please believe it. 
My yeah. review is that, you know, I read her first book, um, The Education of Margot Sanchez, and I love that shit, right? Yep. And then, um, you know, we, Lilium, um, Elisa, shout out Heartbreak Radio, um, and I have a thread, like a, you know, a text thread, like we talk almost daily, um, and uh, Elisa read it before, right? And she was like, do I dare say that I like it better than Margot? And I'm thinking, I didn't type it to, I didn't text it to you, bitches, but I was like, mm, I doubt it. Like, I don't know. Cause I love that one. I love that one so much. Right. Yeah, and then I read it. Book. I was like, holy fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> like this shit is so fucking dope. Like I didn't think I could love something more than the education of Mark. It's like different lanes, but mm. dude, I loved it so much. It made me cry. It made me angry. It made me stress. Like so many <laughs> different emotions. And I was like, yeah, it's like so timely. It's so current. You know, you know, even though it's like dystopian, futuristic, da da da. It's like, yo, this is talking about a bunch of shit right now that we're dealing with, and mm-hmm. you know that we we talk about on the daily, and that we see on all the threads. And then I was just like, uh, and then. Um, Miosita would walk in and I'll be like, dude, this book, I'm not, I'm almost done. I, I can't stop. Like, this is so good. Like, so good. He's like, are you crying? I'm like, yeah, I'm crying. And then, <laughs> oh, sure am, sure am. And then, don't beat it. Yeah. <laughs> Skedaddle. And then, and then, um, and then I got to the end and then, um, I like to read all kinds of, you know, the, the, anything that's printed on the page. I do that with books I, back in the days with CDs, the liner notes. Da, da, da. So then I'm looking and then I see that bitch. Thanks. I'm part of the. I started bawling. I put you all in the acknowledgments. Yeah. God, that was like, you know, crazy thick icing on top of multiple cakes of your amazing goodness. So (laughs) gracias for writing this book and gracias for putting me in there. It was just like, I was just like, are you kidding me? Ball, ball, ball. So thank you. (laughs) I think when when our friend um, Heartbreak Monday... (laughs) <laughs> right. So she was when she uh when she wrote read it, she read it such an early draft and she text she had texted me separately and said, I'm not gonna even tell Ritzy that she's <laughs> like acknowledgement she's gonna flip. <laughs> and I sure did. My soul flipped, <laughs> my heart flipped. No, dude, but we, we love this book, right? T.I., we love this yeah, book. And her and I, I haven't even so. talked about it. We wanted to wait till this moment to yep. record the shit. Woo! <laughs> um, I'm glad now, you guys liked it. <laughs> yeah. Now, Lilium, I imagine that you have to give your sort of like 60 second or less synopsis of the book. Yes. And just in case Ritzy and I didn't do it at full justice, <laughs> would you like to give that 60 second synopsis so people listening know what they're what they should be getting into? Yeah, sure. So um, Dealing in Dreams, it's um, a young adult this book or is set in the near future and it's about a a girl named Nala she's a 16 year old uh, leader of an all-girl gang called Las Malcriadas and um, Nala wants more than anything to find a home for her crew and she'll do anything to do that she'll beat all the all the gangs out there Um, but she has one more mission to complete before she's allowed to to live in the mega towers which is where only the elite live and if she completes this mission, she'll be able to fulfill her dream. Um, but you know how all things happen. <laughs> it's not that simple. So uh, we follow Nala and her journey to, uh, to travel outside of Mega City where she grew up. And she sort of discovers what family is life, what family is really like, what, her, what sisterhood is really like. 
um, and um, yeah, just discovers the reality of her of her world. Ugh, so good. Yeah, way more succinct than I was. <laughs> nice one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know where to start. Can we just start asking you questions? Yes. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay. So. Um, there are a number of things that I thought were really interesting. Um, not even like we can get into sort of more plot points, but I just want to talk about how this is an interesting departure from your first book. Mm-hmm. And I like that, like the first book was sort of a little more straight arrow, YA coming of age kind of story. And this has uh, uh, a lot of different dystopian in sort of fantasy or sci-fi, like, interesting futuristic developments. And why did you decide to do something different for the second one? Um, well, I wrote uh, Dealing in Gems, or I wrote a draft of it, like, fairly soon after I had written um, The Education of Margot Sanchez. And so I just, um, let's see, you know, I've, I think I've shared this story before. I, I had given birth to my second daughter. And... I was getting a lot of like feedback from a lot of women or different women in my life who were like, oh, you know, your dream of being an author, you're going to have to put that on pause or, or just sort of give up in a way because I was oh. having to deal with, you know, I had two kids and I hadn't, you know, I hadn't received anything like, you know, my, sec- my first book was, at, was trying to get an agent, you know, none of the stuff was happening really, I guess. So in a timeline that people want. Uh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then, so then, you know, out of spite, because I was getting pissed off, <laughs> I wrote this book. <laughs> I wrote a draft of it while I was taking care of my newborn. Um, so, and I don't know, I guess it was just anger, a lot of anger, <laughs> a lot of like violence. <laughs> about, it. And it's really, you know, about roles, right? It's about the mm-hmm. roles that are imposed on us. You know, Nala grew up really believing that 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 she has to live this life of being um, a fighter all her life, you know. And so then I was just kept on thinking about those roles that are imposed on women and, um, and mothers and all that. So, yeah, this is what, this is what happens <laughs> when you talk to me about stuff. <laughs> so people keep talking to her about stuff. Exactly. <laughs> so we get some, some hell of a books over here. Yep. <laughs> get me all angry <laughs> and are you a big fan like do you read a lot of sort of dystopian futuristic sci-fi do you like do you read a lot of that do you I know that you consume a, you consume some of that I know because you were part of our Game of Thrones cabal <laughs> <laughs> but is that like is that something you're into or something you're like fuck it this is what I'm feeling no, no, I love that stuff. I, I really, I believed that I would eventually write a book that was, uh, you know, dystopian or speculative in nature. I love kind of like, you know, zombies and ghosts and all those kind of things. So I grew up reading all of them. I grew up, and I, you know, I grew up reading A Clockwork Orange when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. I read that book so many times and I believe. I don't know why, but I related to it in a, in a, in a weird way. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. so I kept thinking about um, A Clockwork Orange and The Outsiders, two of my mm. favorite books of all time. And so th- that was what I was thinking about when I was writing this draft. You know, I kept on thinking what that what that world would look like if it was uh, led by, you know, Latinas. I love the Clockwork Orange meets The Outsiders. That's yeah, kind of perfect. It. 
Yeah, yeah. super perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I've never read Clockwork Orange, but I saw the movie on accident when I was like six or seven years old. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, so it's really a part of me in a way that I can't even explain sometimes. But for those of you, Lisa, did Tia, did you read Did you read Clockwork Orange? Uh, yeah, I read it like when I was a sophomore in high school. And it was like it was I don't even think I finished reading it. I found it really like torture to get through it, it it's one of the things that like probably now as an adult I would be like oh okay I get this but at the time I was like ah oh my god blah because <laughs> I, I was just wondering like if, for, since you read or read part of it when you saw if you saw the movie okay. how did that translate for you guys was it like oh yeah or no oh I thought that the movie was it, I thought that the movie was a pretty good partner to the book personally yeah I did too I felt like it was uh, it yeah that it, if I recall correctly, because I remember reading the book several times, that the, that I watched the movie right after I read the book, and I was just like, oh, okay, this makes sense. Even if it is, it's so, even it has like a male gaze, male gaze toward, to it a lot. Yeah. But, um, but the whole premise is about violence, so, and social, ex- and medical experimentation on, on, yeah. on people who don't have money, because you could tell that homeboy, yeah. It doesn't have money. He looks like he's living in the projects. Yeah, uh-huh. that's uh-huh. real. The so it was on. It was on the same VHS as like some kid appropriate movie. I was at my tia's house, and for some reason, I was left alone at that age. It was daytime though. I think it was pretty. I think it was daytime, and she was like, "Oh, because my abuelita lived down the street." I think so. She went to, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I'll watch." She's like, "Just watch this." I was like, "Okay." Da, da, da. And then. And then Clockwork Orange came on. And I remember looking around like, there Am was no I supposed to see this? Yeah, like I'm just like looking around like, what? What is <laughs> happening? And I was just like intrigued. I was like, what? And I remember one of the parts that has stayed with me. And every time I hear that song or sing it, I think of that. And it, it, it brings back those feelings is the singing in the rain part. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like so homegirls getting raped, right? Mm-hmm. And then... He's singing Sing in the Rain by kicking the husband or whatever. So I was wondering, that's, that part, is that in the book? Like, they don't have, they don't have, oh, and then while he's kicking his ass, it's Singing in the Rain playing in the back. I just thought that was so wonderful. <laughs> like, it's so disturbing. It's so, so disturbing. disturbing, but wonderful. Like, with the song and the, it's like humor. Like, it's like funny, but fucked up. <laughs> and the thing is, like, it's... um because you know the whole the whole premise in the book is about having ha- utilizing music as sort of like to to get them off of being violent, you know. So he he associates the, in the book he they talk a lot about his obsession with with uh, classical music with uh, with Beethoven, mm. you know, goes on and on about it. So it he he associates it with with sex and 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 the glee of violence. You know? Okay, got it. So then this takes us to American Psycho. Mm. And that's probably where that <laughs> comes from, too. Right, right, right. Exactly. Which is a Amazing. disturbing book. Amazing. I, I felt the same way reading American Psycho as I did, <laughs> now that you mention it, as I did reading Clockwork. Like, this sort of like, uh, uh. Like, I don't want to read this. Like, American Psycho more so, but I was, I was in New York when I read that. It was very specific time oh yeah life. you're in this yeah it's crazy crazy 
Um, and it, again, I, I didn't read I didn't read American Psycho, but I saw the movie because that's what I do. And um, <laughs> it's it, it, that time is when I we worked together, Ti, when uh-huh. that movie came out, okay. and um, we love we loved that movie in the in the art graphic design department because of when they're talking about yes. the fonts and the the paper the of the card. car. Oh, my, it's like still I, I had it on my mic. I had that little clip on my MySpace page. <laughs> <laughs> I learned to code. I learned the HTML to add it to my mind. <laughs> oh, oh my God. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, I think that the book and the movie, again, excellent partners. Although I have to say that I prefer the movie. Uh, and I think that's just because um, what's his noodle was so good in it. Yeah. What's his like, name? So that? good. Uh, Christian uh, Bale. Christian oh, yeah. Bale. Yeah. He was yeah. just so perfect and like, like controlled and maniacal and like handsome but greasy and like, ugh, like <laughs> he was just perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All, um, right. All right. Getting back to your book. Okay, back to the book. I do. <laughs> I, I have more questions. Yeah. Um, like in reading it, kind of as Ritzy mentioned earlier, like the right word isn't really that it's allegorical for sort of the times that we are in, but it certainly kind of predicts a a future or hints at a future that's kind of a one of one possible progression of where we're at at the moment. (laughs) And that is a world that um, men have done a really good job of fucking up. And sort of what happens in the vacuum of a big flame out as a result of it. Mm-hmm. Was that like something that you purposefully, you were like, yes, I want to imagine this world. Or is it just like, this is the world, this world just came to me. Like, was it kind of on purpose or just a natural outflow of the story? Um, I think, um, I mean, I guess for me, honestly, like I wrote a, a, a draft of this so long ago. Mm-hmm. And that all those and and the story for the most part stayed the same, you know, for the most part. So when I did it, like I don't know, like seven years ago, I wrote a draft of it, and then I put it aside, and I didn't look at the draft for years, for years until I had a two book deal, and then I took the, you know, and I, you know, I told my editors I had a second book ready, even though I hadn't looked at it, and then I looked at it. <laughs> Right. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, OK, there's something still relevant there, even more so because right at that time, the Women's March happened. Mm. And so then when the Women's March happened, you know, there was a lot of conversations uh-huh. and there still is about like, oh, all we need is a woman president. If we had a woman president. Everything would be cool. You know, and I was just like, really? Yeah, <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, OK. So then, you know, I just kept on thinking about that, like thinking, what does that what does that look like when? when when we all just in agreement because for for you know because men fucked up everything you know so what if all only women were in charge and i i just kept thinking of the suffragette movement mm. like historically how how women were you know trying to fight for you know to be able to vote but then women of color how they just sort of pushed them aside or you know all these things you know it's all historically like set you know before so um yeah that's what I kept thinking I just kept thinking about how power corrupts it doesn't matter who's in charge yeah, yeah. The person that you yeah. that like you that and, was the that was something that I really liked in that it's like you know you sort of sort of wishful thinking that like well if women were in charge everything would be great 
Yeah. And it's like, well, no, generally whoever you put in charge sucks. Yeah. Power <laughs> corrupts for sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I just kept thinking about that. And um, I, I wanted to play around with that kind of uh, situation. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Um, I had a question. I think you've probably been asked this so many times. And, but not if, but when Dealing in Dreams is made to a feature film or series. <laughs> Who do you see playing, you know, some of the characters? Uh, who's your wish? Who's your wish list up in here? Oh, damn! You know, um, hmm. because it's, you know, it's gonna get made, bitch. It's gonna get made. <laughs> you know, I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't know who would play Nala. Um, when I think of of the the leader, like Diese, who's the woman who's in, who's pretty much the leader of Mega City. Mm-hmm. sometimes I think about her I don't know like she could be a lot of people she could be Jennifer Lopez she could be Gina she could be Gina um who's uh Pearson is it Gina Torres is that her name I know that Gina Torres is an actress yeah <laughs> <laughs> she's lucky. and I could see her in that role I mean, so, but I don't know, like, I can't really, I can't think of who, who could play these roles, these girls. I don't know. So, okay. I've seen yeah. them. Like, they might be like new, newcomers that we haven't seen or haven't gotten played yet. You that's kind of, that's kind of what I imagine. Like, I would love to have some of like the adult characters in, in my dream, the adult characters are like kind of interesting, bigger established names. Yeah. And then I feel like the girls, like, like I remember, um, one of the things it's girl fight. That was the yeah. oh, breakout yeah. movie for Michelle Rodriguez. Right. Mm-hmm. And I remember like watching her in that and being like, Oh shit, who am I looking yeah. at right, right now? She's dope. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. how I imagine it too. Is like, you gotta, you can, because it's the same thing as the outsiders. When the outsiders, the movie came out, none of those guys were, where f- no one knew who they were. No. Yeah. You know? Tom Cruise had them big teethers. <laughs> oh my God, the biggest teeth. <laughs> right? So you just like, you were fell in love with those kids. They yeah. Were like, I kind of want that. Like, I want yes. a big thing for the adults, but everybody else be like newcomers that you're just going to be blown away by. Yes. Ooh, I can't wait. Someone, Ritzy, like you have somebody. No, no, I just, but I know that we, we were joking around that you want Isa Morales to play something. <laughs> <laughs> I just want him to show up on the set the day I'm going to be there. <laughs> and then, yeah, then, and then you would like give us some passes so we could go. <laughs> that happened to be that day. <laughs> you know. I mean, look, I want, like, Eastside. Let's get Oscar Isaac in there. Please believe it. Oh, my gosh. That's my boyfriend's crush. <laughs> Let's figure that out. They only have two or three roles. You know, there's only two or three, like, male roles, so... Exactly. And But you have to, regardless, like, let's put this out there into the ether as well. Yep. But when they do the casting for the poppies... Oh, please believe oh, it. You have yeah. the final say, or, or at least can be at the auditions. You know, please believe it. I mean, can you imagine? That's the thing that's hilarious. Is the puppy part? Oh my god, that'd be. <laughs> I know that. Uh, oh, dreams. <laughs> <laughs> dreams. And now, 
question for I remember that for um, Margot Sanchez, you were like doing a lot of sort of like traveling around, speaking on panels, doing all that sort of stuff. And I've seen you doing it for this one. How is it? How is it different? Like, is it a different kind of person that wants to talk about like, has this book appealed to different people or are people just like, nope, I'm down for all of it? Like, how does this how does this differ? Also, now that you are like a, a more experienced published author, uh, it's different in the sense that I traveled way more than I did for the education of Margot Sanchez. Like, I was nonstop since the book came out in March, and I stopped, I guess, last month. So okay. I was traveling almost every week. Oh my god, I was somewhere. So that was super intense, but it was great, you know, because I had wanted to really try to put the word out as much as I could when it came to this book. Um, the audience has been different in the sense they're surprised uh-huh. <laughs> that they're just like, Oh, you know, they didn't expect this book to come out. you know, like it is, it is a different, a different path from, from the education It's not contemporary, but I like to, I like to say that they have a conversation going, you know, both Margot and Nala, they're both trying yeah. to find their their place in in their world, um, and they're also just both trying to battle a changing city, mm-hmm. you know. Uh-huh. So, you know, I so it is different, but they both have you know they both have some attitudes in there as well. You know, I could imagine Jasmine being a malcriada in the future, oh, like her future me. future generations. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, it's been really fun, you know, kids, uh, like, I, I feel like I was introducing a lot of young people to this world and they're always just like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm interested, you know, <laughs> when I That's tell awesome. them what it's about. So it's been fun. I feel like it'll be even more interesting, like come next fall when kids start reading it, um, more, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's been a really, it's been great to talk about it to kids. I love it. How has the reaction been from like teen teen girls different from Margot to this one? Like, do do they seem to connect more to this one? Does it seem more relevant to them, like across the board? Um, it's different in a lot of ways. Um, Margot is is really about being seen. Like, oh, I see myself, you know, in Margot and her struggles with her family. And then with with um, Nala and dealing in dreams, girls see that they oh yeah I want to be badass too, but mm-hmm. then there's that question of like what you know is that the path really I want to take because I don't really sugarcoat it I don't really sugarcoat the violence but I also mm-hmm. don't really sugarcoat the um, aftermath of that violence. Yeah. So um, so yeah so kids are like you know I don't. I don't, I don't want them to think, oh, I'm, this is the book about female empowerment. Um, it is, but it's not through what you would imagine in the beginning. Yeah, for sure. You know, so it's been fun. I mean, but then kids, kids still love it. They still want to root for the, for the girls. They want to root for this crew. Of they want to be a part of it as well. Um, so, yeah, it's been, it's been really, really interesting to have these kind of conversations with young people. Amazing. And, you know, when we were at the um, your release in L.A., there was that um, ridiculous question about <laughs> oh, violence. Remember? What was remember the question? 
remember homegirl was saying like, remember, do you remember Lily? She was oh, like, yeah. she, I, I forgot the question. You remember the question? It was something about the violence. Oh yeah. She had talked about me being a mother of young, young kids. My kids were in the audience at the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, how, <laughs> and how do I feel about kind of um, perpetuating this violent world to young people? And I was just like, I don't know. I was taken aback by the question because this is a young girl, young woman who was asking the question. But also it was clear, like you haven't read the book, so you don't know exactly. what, what I'm talking, how, what, how I'm, I'm not perpetuating violence or as, as, as or glorifying gloss, it. Yeah. Like gloss of, you know, a glossy way of life, you know? Um, but, but even, even if I were, who cares? Yeah. So, <laughs> So. Exactly. So I was wondering, do you know, because you've been touring now, you're back from touring a lot uh, most of the year so far. Has that question come up a lot to you? No, no, um, no, it hasn't. Not, not. Oh, good. I, I've spoken to, I think the thing is that when I speak to uh, academics, you know, teachers or librarians, I just try to uh, always associate my book with the outsiders. Yeah. Because the outsiders, they've, they've used that as part of their curriculum. Mm. And that's been used forever. And so that I'm just trying to have them see, see my book in conversation with the outsiders or in conversation with any kind of coming-of-age story so that it's not seen as something that just all of a sudden, you know, oh, it's a violent book. I don't want about gangs, you know. Yeah. You know, just be able to have, like, different conversations about what the future looks like for young people of color. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's the way I try to try to present my book when I'm speaking to librarians and academics. Um, I just want them to, to include it in their syllabus, you know? Yeah. Got it. Yeah, um, I mean, any, I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I'm kind of, I've been thinking here about the violence thing and, I feel like the way that you tackle violence in this book, like, first of all, life is violent and Mm -hmm. it often is in sort of alternate or futuristic societies, but it's, it's like so obviously approached as like, you know, this girl and her gang are good at violence, but it's especially Nala is like, it's it's been like sort of drilled into who she is as a person, but it's not necessarily a part of her, or, or like it's a part of her, but it's not who she is as a person. Like she's sort of in some level, especially by the end of the book, conflicted about it. And God, that's such a dumb question. <laughs> yeah, that's Sorry. what I'm saying. We, that's what we're like. <laughs> we're like, what? I remember I was in I was yeah one like, row behind the, that late that chick. Oh, and she even pointed at your daughter. I was like, what? I remember <laughs> like, like that like, was the weird part. It was like, oh my god, don't point at my kid. Like, exactly. You're like, you're like, I'm gonna show you some violence. <laughs> I know. It was like this weird visceral feeling inside of me because I was just like, protect your kid. <laughs> yeah. But also, like the question was amazing because you're just like, you know, what? <laughs> like okay, <laughs> let's keep it moving. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, but the weird thing is like, you know, I've had, uh, I was in a panel somewhere. I can't, I don't remember where, maybe Texas. And um, a friend of mine who's a published author, she's won many awards and she was in the audience and she overheard this young boy and her and his mother arguing. The young boy was like, the mother was like, I don't know if I want you to get that book. And then the mother and the boy was like, what? You let me play. And he's like naming a video game. She was like, I don't know if I should let you have that book about gangs. And the little boy is like, what? You let me play all these video games. Well, I want that book. (laughs) (laughs) She told me she overheard that. I'll die laughing. I was like, go ahead. I hope you get that book. Exactly. He's going to get it somehow. He's he yeah. read it already. <laughs> he, he read, read it. it. He <laughs> loved it. Yeah. yeah. Done. Done and done. <laughs> that, was, that was the conversation. It's like, to me, it's always that case. It's like the parents are always trying to safeguard the kids from something without having a conversation about it. Let's have a conversation about violence. Let's have a conversation about drugs, about government imposing, you know, drug programs on people of color. You know, why don't yeah. you have the conversation? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's why we're in the place that we're at right now, because no one's having the conversation, especially on the other side. So they're like, they don't get it. So punks. (laughs) Punks. (laughs) Um, Tia, you have any more questions regarding the book? Um, Yeah, my only question is for the audience. And that is, why haven't you gone on Amazon and ordered this shit yet? Yes. (laughs) Hurry up and do it so we can talk about it. Yes. And request that your library carry it. So. Kano and I went to the Palm Springs Library. We're like, um, excuse me, do you guys, I don't see it on the shelves. Do you guys have um, Dealing in Dreams by Lillian Rivera? <laughs> and uh-huh. she's like, oh, no, we don't. We're going we're gonna ha- to have um, them order it. Great. That's awesome. Oh, nice. <laughs> I do love that. I tell people to do that all the time because it's, it's, so, it's good. That's, that's circulating. That, that's money for me, too. <laughs> yep. and you have it in your libraries <laughs> oh really you get money if it's in the library yeah because they're ordering it oh they're ordering oh got it got it got it oh yeah yeah, yeah. hell yeah more multiple copies <laughs> yeah. copies yeah have a discussion yes 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 amazing um so i had a question just in general because you know this is your second year going out to all these panels and I wanted to see if if you've noticed has there been a shift in diversity on these panels because I know like going out you were like always like the only one of Mm. color yeah I mean I've been on panels where maybe there are two Latinas up in there which is pretty amazing (laughs) (laughs) it's like wow and I've been on I think this year has been interesting because I've been less on panels where where it's been, where I'll just be in conversation with people, which I I prefer to be mm-hmm. like one or two people in conversation instead of me on a panel of like five or six, because mm-hmm. um, I'm just battling to try to get two sentences in. Just, yeah, it's yeah. just a, I don't know. For me, it's a little bit anxiety driven, but um, but I can handle all of those things. But it's been cool to be in. Uh, I I feel this year for sure. I've been in way more panels with people of color for sure nice. Nice. which is it's like that's like pretty amazing yeah <laughs> I prefer you know I prefer that like I I don't want I don't want to be the one person where everyone has to come look at me and ask me the, the question that they want to ask you know the minority question yeah, yeah. you're like you're acting as a rep the rep for all minorities <laughs> all of them <laughs> just ask me the one because and it always happens 
<laughs> and then I'm like, I think this year I, I'm learning how to like, if I don't feel like answering those questions, I don't have to. Yes. So I'm learning how to say, nah, I'm not answering. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I, I was listening to um podcast yesterday and today with um Elaine. I can't think of her last name. Remember, she was like the editor-in-chief of Teen Vogue, first mm-hmm. African-American, her. And she has a book that came out about her experience, and she was talking about, you know, the multiple times when, you know, you walk into a room of mostly white people and the shit that happens being a person of color, right? So she said that she walked in some room and it was all white executives and I forgot what happened. Something wasn't ready or whatever. And the person, it was a white lady, I think. And she said, oh my God, so sorry. So they have us working like a, like a slave, like slaves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then, right. And she was like, she's like, she's like, yeah. So you, she's like, so you're at a, at this crossroads. She's like, do I, how do I handle this? You know? And she was talking about like how, how she would handle it now. And she's like, now, you know, having left and, you know, trying to figure out my place in the world and my voice, she's like, now, th- if that would have happened, I would have allowed that weird silence. Totally. We, you know what I'm saying? Before, like, she did something so that it would it would make them feel less comfortable, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's always kind of like what we, as people of color, tend to do is there's an un- awkward, uncomfortable situation then it's our job to kind of make, you know, yeah, the colonizer feel it. better, feel yeah. okay. You Smooth know? things over. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you didn't mean it. I get it. Da, 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 da. Like, you know what I'm saying? But she was like, now I'd, I'd allow that weird, awkward silence and I wouldn't say anything. Like, mm. you know, like <laughs> let it marinate on them. Yeah. <laughs> let them sweat, you know? And I feel like that's, that's great. I think more of us need to do this. So I, I think it's amazing that, you know, you're like now, you don't want to answer that question? Nah. <laughs> well that's the thing is that you I immediately for a second after I did that on a panel the room was completely filled and <laughs> and I I said no I'm not answering that question and then um sh- the person was really upset she kept on huffing and puffing and trying to t- talk to other people around her and um but luckily the panel the rest of the panelists were like okay and then they moved on <laughs> to the next question nice. but I felt for a second guilt. I was like, of course. oh, I felt uncomfortable. Yeah. I was like, man, am I doing this right or not? You know, I'm supposed to show up and the goal is always to try to sell a book or get someone to read your stuff. Am I doing that by being this difficult person? You know, um, but that lasted only for a second. Yeah. <laughs> and then soon it will be where that doesn't even enter, hopefully. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that guilt. I think that's. I think that's a big thing for a lot of us of color, but a lot of us, just women in general, right? Because we're conditioned to, um, to, to take care and, and to be like quiet down and, you know, get in the corner and not, it's just, it's crazy the things that I could, we could see now that Mm -hmm. it's part of our conditioning. It's part of our conditioning. It's part of our PTSD. It's like so Mm. many things. And it's just like, when you get to that point, it sounds like you're getting to that point of being like, nah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's just, it's, um, it's, it's, you have to work to, you know, work at it. Right. It's just like exercise. 
It's like yeah. learning right. how to deflect and defend. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, I have two. We have two more important questions before yeah. we move on to the thing. Um, what is your? What is it? What is it about Bad Bunny? <laughs> Let's talk about it. Let's unpack it. Let's tell the people the goodness and the greatness of Bad Bunny for those who don't know. I'm so obsessed with Bad Bunny. I was listening to the album last night again. Okay. <laughs> My thing is with Bad Bunny is like what what you know, all jokes aside, like what I find fascinating about him is that even though he's just you know, he's pure reggaeton. Like his lyrics are pure reggaeton. You know, they're kind of misogynist for the, some parts of it, for sure. You know, um, but he's doing something really interesting that, you know, he's kind of flipping a little bit what it looks like to be a to be a Latino. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going around with gelled nails. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's like unheard of. That is. <laughs> He's, you know, he's trying to, he's being, he's really vocal about, about Puerto Rico and the island and politics, which I yeah. really appreciate. He's using his platform for that. Yeah. I mean, I think he was on, on Jimmy Fallon, I think for the first time ever. And he spoke in English, you know, broken English, but spoke about yeah. Trump and how messed <laughs> up he was, you know? And I was just like, listen, look at him. He doesn't have to yeah. do any of those things. Nah. He's at a level where he doesn't have to do none of that shit. And I and I think that's why it's even it's like next level dope because he he's like flipping the script, the fluidity and the did it like mm-hmm. great. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like it's just like he's yo- he's young and right now he's like at the like he's top, right? But like he doesn't because he's starting to enter this world like really mainstream, he could have just been e- gone the easy route of like not saying any of those things. Yeah. You know, but instead he's not. So that to me, I find super fascinating. And he just looks like a cartoon character. I mean, <laughs> he's amazing. <laughs> I'm I'm only more into Bad Bunny than probably I would be because of you, because you love him so much. So then I was like, oh, let me, you know, I got to go check him out, you know, because and take video for for my girl when when we saw him at Coachella and I was like, oh shit, like and then so I started listening to more of his music and then I was like, let me see what he's about. So I started, you know, doing that deep dive that one does on YouTube to find any clips or any, you know, any stuff like that. And so I saw him on the on the complex sneaker show, right? Mm. And um you know, they have like the top, top people on there and they're always talking about like they talk about like what they like. Homeboy's real good about knowing their history of like what kind of shoes that they like. And then they talk about certain things about the shoes and then they at the end, they let them shop. Right. That's the premise of the show. And what I loved about that, like everyone that goes on their flosses, like they're always like, yeah, like, I, you know, I got these and da, 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 da. Right. Bad Bunny was on there and Homeboy was like, yeah, I like to point out that, you know, you have these Reeboks. <laughs> that you sport and you don't care like you don't really go with the trends or you don't you're not wearing the you know the the air force ones like he's like he's like no he's like and i think he was talking spanish and i think they had the 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 the, the translate yeah the, the translate and but he was just like yeah no they were like my first shoes that i could get and i love them so i always wear them and i don't care if they're dirty like he was just like i don't give a fuck <laughs> like these are my shoes I rock them I don't care what anyone else is rocking like I'm gonna wear these old school Reeboks and I was just like yes <laughs> yes bad bunny See? I love that <laughs> I do love that I'm just like I mean and then his, you know his music is just fun it just makes me laugh <laughs> yes. we have um, uh, 
a, de- a, play- a playlist that we have, uh, the Supernatural Bear and I, where a couple of days a week, I call it dance off, pants off. And we go in his room <laughs> and we move all the furniture and then we just dance. And it's all like, you know, Bad Bunny. It's like, you know, reggaeton, dance hall. We got a couple of like, you know, 80s, like wake me up before you go for like a little respite up in there. But like, and we just, we just sweat, like, you know, and he loves, and I was like, oh, I go, I go, cause he calls you Miss Lilliam. He goes, I go, Miss Lilliam. I go, she loves Bad Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> My God. He goes, oh, I love him too. <laughs> and they start singing and dancing and stuff. So thank you for, you know, sharing Bad Bunny with us. And uh, the last question is, what do you feel is your superpower? Oh, mm. my superpower. Well, my superpower is definitely my writing. I, you know, yes. I, could, I write it out. Like, <laughs> just whatever it is I'm going through or whatever, I'm really good at emails. <laughs> just send an a, a, a angry email. I could, I could do that. <laughs> that, should, that should be a, a life skill. I should just charge. Uh, let, me, let me write your angry email for you. <laughs> So yeah, my writing skills, you know, I, I'm, I'm lucky I've, I've discovered that and figured out that that was what I was good at. Amazing. It's cause you write, you, you're so, you know, as an, as an artist and knowing a lot of different types of artists and creatives, I think you're one of probably like the, one of my most disciplined creative friends because I mean, you make time every day. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, to write. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, you write, but also you're a mom of motherfucking two. Like, yeah. <laughs> so you got to be disciplined. Like, I don't know. It's crazy. You're amazing. And I'm just so happy that we get to have you in our lives. Because uh-huh. you write these amazing books and these are forever. <laughs> Unless something happens in the future and they burn all the books. Like, this is fucking forever. <laughs> <laughs> Unless we find ourselves in a dystopian future. <laughs> exactly. Where there's no... Where, uh, <laughs> yeah. where it, if you were just predicting the future because you're a wizard, because you're like Dr. Strange or something like that. <laughs> then. Yeah, I, hope, I hope not. I don't want my kids to learn how to fight. But if they have to, you know, I hope they learn how to. <laughs> <laughs> And, and Liam, you and I have had discussion and I've had discussion with a lot of my friends, especially a lot of us that come from the hood or, you know, come from like crazy places. It's like we have this better life for our children, but we also want to be a little hood, but we don't want to have to live in the hood. Like, you know? Yeah, just a little, you know, just a little rough. <laughs> but they live in West Hollywood and they're not, it's not the Bronx. Exactly. <laughs> different. It's different. <laughs> oh, amazing. Okay, so Lillian's gonna she's gonna grace us with her presence for the rest of the episode. Um, just real quick, I just wanted to say, Ti, maybe you have something to say. I just want to say thank you to Lillian and everyone else that sent in amazing voicemails for our hundredth episode. Yep, it's good times. Yeah, um, we, we salute you. Yeah, and oh, um, uh, the supernatural bear wanted me to ask um, if if he's like, could you ask Tia Ti if possibly maybe every ten episodes he can come up and do another <laughs> segment? That's what that's what he asked. 
Yeah, um, we can we can enter we can enter into negotiations. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, let me ask, and we'll discuss. His, um, his people should contact our people. Yes, I'll have him do that. I'll have him do that. Um, so last last episode we didn't get into it, but I wanted to um, talk about negative and positive reviews <laughs> on Yelp. I was so, thinking. I was thinking about that, especially when uh, Lillian was saying that part of her superpower was writing good, like angry letters. Yeah, me too. I was thinking. I was like, "That's perfect segue." So, <laughs> okay. So I, you know, I I use Yelp all the time, all the time, right? Well, I think we all do, but I don't really leave reviews. But then I move. We moved over here to Palm Springs for a spell, and I'm going off of these Yelp reviews, and I'm getting fucked. Like, right. So like we or we ordered from this Mexican joint. Everyone said it was delicious. Dude, it was the worst experience. Oh, no. And I I looked at it again and I was just like, so then I left a review. So I was like telling Rock, I was like, I'm going to have to start leaving reviews because these people don't understand what good. (laughs) Yeah. So I was like, okay. So I was like, oh, I also have to leave good reviews. Like I, I can't just leave the bad ones. And I think that's what happens sometimes, too. So. Fast forward, I'm looking for acupuncturist out here because of my rotator cuff situation. We know about that already. So I'm looking. I'm like, oh, it's a wellness capital. It should be easy breeze. Nah, nah. So I go to this one joint. It's called, I'm not going to say what it's called, but I go to this one joint and it's a place where it's like chiropractors, acupuncturists, da, da, da. I do the research, mad Yelp reviews, really good. Um out of 48 reviews, it has four and a half stars. And I'm like, okay, cool, cool, cool. I go to the website. I see who the acupuncturist guy is. I was like, all right, I know what I'm getting to. The place is nice looking. The guy at the reception, super gay friendly. He's he's amazing. I go there. I get fucked. Like, he is jabbing that shit like they're daggers into me. Oh, my gosh. Like, it's, like, and I'm, I've been to a grip of acupuncturists. Like, I've been doing this for the past couple of years, right? So he's like, and I was like, okay, maybe that's his style. I don't know. And I'm just laying there. First, wait, first of all, he looks old as fuck. In his picture on the website, it's from, like, 30 years ago. <laughs> okay. Right. So then when he, some got older and not, not to be ages or anything, but to, I don't, I don't, I was like, who is this dude coming up to me? He's like, okay, come with me. Da, da, da. And I was like, who is this? And I was like, looking at his face. And I was like, is that the dude? I was like, oh my God, I got hoodwinked and bamboo. So, so I go in, he starts stabbing me. Da, 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 da. Then to take him out, he's taking him out like five at a time at the same time. Like he's like grabbing him. Oh my God. And it's fucking, uh. yes, it's fucking hurting me. And then I go, I'm like, well, maybe, you know, everyone has different style. Like, I'm still like, maybe. And then I go home and nothing, right? And I'm going to different places. Uh, uh, the place we were at before, I couldn't stay with her because we, we ended up moving further in. She was amazing. And I got instant results, right? It's a rotator cuff. So I was like, I'm on a writer review. So I wrote a review. And then like maybe a couple of months ago, I get a message asking from homeboy asking me to take it down. What? <laughs> <laughs> right so this is last last september i'm gonna read you my review oh let me let me read let me read let me see let me read you what he says he says <laughs> he says this is may this is May. he goes hello i noticed your review of my acupuncture practice on your on our yelp page 
I'm sorry you didn't have a good experience with my treatment. Sounds like you did find an acupuncture that you like, which is great. I'm contacting you because I don't understand why you felt it necessary to post a negative review, and I hope I can convince you to remove it. There are many times when a patient has a better connection with one practitioner over another or prefers a different style of acupuncture. We obviously didn't connect, and that is fine, and it happens. And I'm glad you found a practitioner who connected with. I really honestly tried to help you as I do all my patients. You may have not liked my treatment, but I was not trying to hurt you. I was trying to help you. I hope you consider the harm that a negative review can do to a business. And I had all good intentions to make you feel better. I respect, respectfully request that you remove your review. Thank you. Mm. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, all right. I was like, hello, Michael. <laughs> I left a review based on my personal experience. During my search for a new person, others mentioned they had similar experience with you but failed to leave a review. I felt the need to leave a negative review as you did for Joe Sushi. Good <laughs> 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 yes, bitches, because I did the research on your ass. You're in your shit's work. Let's go back. <laughs> so let's go back to my review. I left two stars, right? Two stars. I said, I'm not new to acupuncture. I'm, I'm new to the desert. I recently injured my right rotator cuff. In my shoulder, I go, the reviews look like they are based on other aspects of the center that I did not experience. What I did experience was acupuncture from Mr. Boyer. First off, he looks nothing like his photo on the site. Looks do not matter, but his photo is from perhaps at least 20 years ago, and that threw me off when he approached me. I was like, is this a correct person? He has an aggressive style inserting the needles and an aggressive style removing them. I'm talking about removing three needles at once if they were in the same area. I left thinking, well, if it wasn't the best experience, but if my shoulder feels better, then it was worth it. All caps. It was not. <laughs> <laughs> I finally found my new acupuncturist, but I had no idea it would be this hard to find a decent one in the desert. I thought this was a wellness hub. I left two stars because the gentleman at the fr front desk was great. Right? Uh-huh. So then uh -huh. to my response, Mr. Boyer said, you didn't like my needling technique? So I know it's a matter of styles because I have treated literally thousands of patients who don't have any problem with my technique. The other people you talked to who had a similar experience probably found another acupuncturist they like uh, better too. This is fine and appropriate. They did the appropriate thing by not leaving a review. I hope you, rec you reconsider. I said, I left two stars and ended my review on a positive note for the center at your work. I said, you left one star for Joe Sushi and dragged not only the restaurant, but the other reviewers. I rest my case. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I can't so believe amazing. this is going back and forth. Yes. I was like, oh, he wants to come for me? It's on a puppet. So then he goes. He goes, I have no idea who you are. Um, I, I, but, you know, he was saying he was trying to help me and all this shit, but now, now he has no idea who I am. He's like, so I don't remember what was wrong with your shoulder, but sometimes it takes more than one visit to see results. By the way, if I was hurting you, you could have said something. These are the things I can do to minimize the pain treatment. I could have used insertion tubes, da, 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 which makes more comfortable for sensitive people. I go, I'm not new to acupuncture. So no, I, I'm not sensitive. I do not need insertion tubes. I go, we just don't fit. And that's okay. Just like you'll never eat at Joe's Sushi. And that's okay as well. 
<laughs> His response, whatever. And <laughs> 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 <NC>. see. <laughs> oh my God, I am crying over here. <laughs> he dragged, he dragged not only the place, but the people. As I'm going to tell you right now. Okay, Joe let's sushi, hear it. Joe Sushi, the Cabo way. Really? Awesome food? I would call this grade B sushi, and that would be generous. The fish is really just mediocre. The rolls are creative, but without great fish, why bother? I don't get these five-star reviews. Maybe they never had good sushi. We- <laughs> 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 oh my god so yeah so that was yeah oh. and it's funny is if you go to my yelp review i think one person thought it was funny and then two people thought it was useful <laughs> i just i just went on it and clicked useful <laughs> yo oh my. Can the audacity the capacity yeah. of all this shit <laughs> <laughs> wow. Forever. That's what he said. <laughs> oh, I love that you stalked him before replying. Please, please. I was like, I was like, is he gonna? I was like, this motherfucker left bad reviews. I go, please let him leave. So yeah, he did. Joe Sushi. I just kept throwing in his face every single time. <laughs> yeah, I, and I love too that you wouldn't give up on talking about Joe Sushi. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I reached out to Joe Sushi and they don't remember feeding you either. <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. These motherfuckers. So yeah, oh. so that was my Yelp experience. And I was like, I got to tell the, I got to tell Tia, I got to tell whoever, I, I, I got to share this with the world. So yeah. Oh, that's ah. some good shit, Ritzy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh yeah. Um. So let's talk real quick about the world, the the World uh, Cup, the ladies, the only yeah. winners. Yes, I mean, did you guys watch any games? I didn't watch it. I watched uh, probably. I watched the last like four out of the last five games. Yeah, I'm sorry, matches. Oh, yeah. excuse, excuse. Yeah, um, yeah, we watched like three. I think the last three. <clears throat> uh, Supernatural Bear was like this is amazing because he remembers watching like the World Cup with me mm-hmm. the men's the men's World Cup and then he was just like and and while while we're doing this I'm also like just kind of like planting little seeds of like I go yeah you know they don't get paid the same me huh <laughs> what <laughs> I go, yeah me huh <laughs> you know I go we have to search for like crazy channels I had to put like my HD antenna and try to search for channels to you know we don't have cable and I was like he's like why isn't it I go oh if this was the men's I go it would be in all the channels me huh uh-huh <laughs> there you go he's like that's not fair I go I know I go you know why it's like that he's like why I go because they're women he goes oh you're because so, yeah. the patriarchy exactly <laughs> um no, and then I think T.I. and I and Karen Hernandez, we were just, like, obsessed with Megan Rapinoe. Is it Rapinoe or Rapino? Rapino. Rapino. Um, just obsessed with her. Obsessed. hmm I think everyone is. Ugh. Obsessed. Like, 
she kneeled um, when no one else was kneeling. Um, she, you know, the shit she said about number 45, um, the <laughs> fact that, you know, uh, she's quoting Nipsey Hussle. Uh, you know, she came out to um, All I Do Is Win. <laughs> Just, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I the one thing that I was kind of turned off by is, um, and probably the only bad thing that I will say about the team is that um, a lot of them, including her, were um, a little on the arrogant side. Yeah, and I don't care. Uh, I don't care what gender you are, what sport you're playing. Like to me, I think that it's the problem with being arrogant is it's a lot of fun to watch, but you gotta win. And if you don't win, then you just look like the world's biggest asshole. Right, but luckily they won, so they got away with it. Yeah, <clears throat> but I. Um, I was listening to a, an interview on um, Pod Save America. They have a short interview with her that they just put up yesterday. And um, they were talking, they were like, let's, the two things that they talked about that I loved is they're like, let's talk about the pose. Where did that come from? She's mm. like, I don't know. It was just this feeling of like, look at what's happening. <laughs> and they're like, they're like, and now it's super iconic. She's like, yeah, it's just, she's like, all of this goodness in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just embracing it. That's my pose. I don't know. Um, and then they were talking about like, wow, so you got into a beef with the president. What's that like? And um, they were like, you know, it's kind of a risky move to be like, we're not going to go to the fucking White House when you're halfway through the World Cup. And, you know, then Donald Trump comes for you. And one of them made the analogy. They're like, it's kind of like Babe Ruth. When he like points out like above and beyond the stadium and then makes a home run, they're like, that's kind of what you did. (laughs) It was like, I like that. (laughs) But like, that's the thing. This all could have gone horribly wrong if they had been beaten. Yeah. Yeah. I I love the fact that uh, their mouth is writing checks that their body can cash. Yeah. Yeah, For sure. They're badasses. When the it was a semifinals when she wasn't she didn't even warm up and no one knew what was up no yep. one yeah I was so stressed and nervous I was like oh no and then here comes press 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 and she yeah. just kills it I was just like okay we're fine and then when she was yeah. able to, when she was in on the final game I was like yes amazing uh, I'm super excited uh, to see what happens and they ended up suing right um, they're in mediation. For um, for to have um, some sort of an adjustment to salary, and as she explained it on this podcast yesterday, she was like, "It's not just about paying women soccer players, although the starting salary for a woman soccer player in this in the league in the U.S. is fifteen thousand dollars a year." Yeah, it's ridiculous. Oh. And um, she's like, it's not just about that, but it's like all the people on on the in the sort of support roles around us, the people who do PR, the people who book yeah. the tours, the people who sell, the people who work at the stadiums, like this, that, the other. She's like, none of those people make the same amount of money either because yeah. we're women. So she's like, we want to elevate like this entire area of the sport so that everyone associated with it is making what they deserve to make as well. Yeah. Yes. And that's a great point. It's great. Yeah. It's exciting. I know. I, I am trying to figure out like, okay, can I get up to Portland and see a Portland Thorns game? Yeah. 
Do I need a jersey? What am I doing here? What am I doing? Exactly. My favorite take on the equal pay, and I think I sent you a link. Um, maybe we could have a link to it here. Is Snoop's rant? Because it's yes. my point. Exactly. It was. It was. It was a pretty much exactly my point when I was talking to Miosita about. It. I was reading him that one. That one chart that shows the you know the, you know, the difference in pay, and I was like. I go, they don't even win shit and they get paid this much. And that's exact. Snoop was like, he was just going off saying like, they don't win. He's like, what have they won? They haven't won shit. <laughs> like, Pay them what they-. And I was like, yes, exactly. Like it's a, it's a great time to see a lot of men come on board and try to help. You know what I'm saying? Like men of, of that level to be like, yo, what, what is the deal? Pay them. It's so many, it was great this time to see so many people all up in the world cup, like, hype and frenzy and and it wasn't just you know just us female it was like a, all like almost all my homeboys were all up in it yeah um, I saw like a lot of my friends guy friends tweeting about it and I think that's also what's going to have to happen to you know to get them more exposure to get them more paid da, da, da. and then another thing that was awesome about it and we were talking about it on our third TI was um Moms were posting their sons. That one son who's like the the one he she had what three or four kids, three four sons, and they're playing um, soccer. And one was crying on the she was like videotaping, and he was like, "I want to be Rapino." She's like, "Oh, well, why don't you?" And then the old she's like, "Why don't you be um, Alex Martin?" He's, "Oh yeah, yeah." And then they were like taking turns, and you know, and so and I just like it was just like made you. Uh, like kind of tear up, like this is a, this is what needs to happen That's for cute. you know for it to be. It doesn't matter what what you know gender you are. It's just like who's dope, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh-huh. I I remember too. Uh, gosh, was the men's World Cup last year? I think it was. Um, and there were like there was some meme that was floating around that was like people being like. Um, oh, the U.S. didn't make the World Cup. And then, like, a picture of the women's team, like, oh, really? Because <laughs> the U.S., not only did the U.S., will the U.S. make the World Cup, they will win it. It's just that it's the women. <laughs> yeah, I love that. It's great. So we'll see what, we'll see what happens. Um, let's get into, since we have a, an amazing author oh, here, good let's idea. get into some. Motherfucking books. Uh, Lillian, what are you reading? What, what, you know, what are you excited to read? What's up next? On you? I'm sure you get a bunch of books sent to you to write blurbs and whatever they're called. And so what are you into? <laughs> uh, well, right now I've just been reading a lot of um, kind of alien invasion stories. So I read, <laughs> I know, I read Ray Brad. I reread Ray Bradbury's um, The Martian Chronicles. Okay. Can I stop you really quickly? Um, Ray Bradbury is one of my probably like three favorite authors. And I love the Martian Chronicles and read it like every five years or so. Oh, wow. (laughs) I haven't read it in in a while. And I I just remember reading it when I was really young and being totally freaked out. (laughs) Yeah. Just oh, like so scared. So then do you think reading it as an adult? That the part that scares me still scared me. (laughs) Uh just like oh I remember this it was so it's so vivid in my head how scared I was so it was great to reread it and now I'm reading Solaris it's I guess they made a couple of movies out of it which I've never read the book 
um, oh, I read this really super disturbing book called The Mount, M-O-U-N-T. Mm-hmm. It was written by a woman. I forgot her name. But it's about like alien invasion kind of situation. But the humans, they use these aliens, use the humans as, as, as travel. Like they mount them because oh. the aliens have really weak legs. It's the most disturbing thing I've ever read. Oh. Like I can't stop thinking about it. It's so fucked up. <laughs> it's so Gotta put that on the list. Yeah, yeah. it's called Mount, and it's it was super creepy. The aliens were super creepy. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm reading. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Is Solaris good? Um, it's. I don't know. You know, it's really like the beginning. I'm just into like maybe the first 30 pages of this really heavy into um, science fiction, which Uh I I don't understand most of the stuff that they're talking about. Um, So I don't know. (laughs) I'm going to keep reading. But uh, it's scary in a weird way. Like I'm like, okay, what's happening? I'm not sure what's happening. So And uh, the movie has George Clooney in it. And it was directed by um, Steven Soderbergh. Yeah, I've never seen it. So I have this long time. I, yeah, like I'll, I probably will, will after I re- read the book. But yeah, I don't know. I'll see how it goes. It's creepy. Uh, is the, the mount, it has a hoots? Are those are the... Oh, God, yeah. Okay, that, <laughs> that is by um, Carol M. M. Schwiller. Yes. Yes. Carol. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> and it says that uh, the author was inspired to write the mount after she took a class in the psychology of prey animals. Oh. Ugh. Oh snap. That's, That's creepy. So, Whoa. It's so funny because I didn't read anything about her or any, you know, interviews afterwards because I was I'm still like kind of freaked out about the book. <laughs> Just hearing <laughs> it, the mount. You're like, oh. Like, uh, it's so good though. <laughs> okay, that's gonna be on the list. Yeah, that's going on my list too. <laughs> <laughs> the mount. Okay, let me add it here. Um, what are you reading, Ritzy? I've been reading a lot, guys. I know oh, you really have been on a tear. Calling me. Oh, sorry. Um, I've been reading a lot, like actual physical books, audio books, but trying to do more physical books because, like, I talked about, like, that's kind of like my trying to do my little self-care or whatever. Mm. Um, I, I started Difficult Women by Roxane Gay because I was like, I need to read her shit. But the only thing they had at the library was that one. Dude, I read the first one and I, I couldn't. I mm. couldn't go anymore. It was, it, it, was, it was just so much. It was like so, ugh, it was too much. I, so I, 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 take it, I took it back. I couldn't. I feel mm-hmm. like I have to revisit um, all her, you know, it's like a bunch of different short stories. And, and I just, it was a lot for me. And then when we were talking, I was like, oh, I got this book. And with Heartbreak Radio, Elisa, and she was like, oh, there's some, you know, some some really deep, like, tough shit in there. I didn't know it was the first one. <laughs> first one in. So I have to revisit that one. I read I'm Not Your Perfect Mexican Daughter by Erica Sanchez. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked it. I had a good time. But now that we're in this phase where, you know, everyone's on social media and, you know, so then you like something, you follow the actor, the author, the whatever, right? And I had to stop following her, dude, because it was oh, just... Oh, no. Why? I, she just... I don't, 
you know how you can tell when people post stuff and it's like disingenuous? I, I don't know. There was like this like, I don't know. I felt like it was just coming from like the wrong place of like what she was sharing and how she was sharing it and kind of like, a, I don't know. So I, I was like, I, let me give her a chance. Let me give her a chance. And then I was like, I can't. So I stopped. But I still see her shit because so many people that I follow are either friends with her or like her shit too. So then you know how you see her, their shit? If someone likes them. Yes, yes. Um, I read <laughs> Queenie by Candace um, Cardi Williams. That was a little difficult to get through because I was getting so upset with the character. <laughs> like, come on, like, what? Come on. And like, and then my friend, um, who is uh she's British and she's um she's from uh I forgot what no, she's not Nigerian. Um, and so she was just like, she's like, no, no, keep going. You'll like it. You'll like it. And I was like, right. So then I gave it, I kept going and I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, I have on tap, I just started reading like the first two or three stories of They're There by Tommy Orange. He's, Mm. um, Native American, but born and raised in Oakland. So he's talking about how there's, he wanted to kind of represent Native Americans in more of a, um, contemporary setting, like, you know. Native Americans, yeah. like his experience, like born and raised, he's not on the res, he's not from the res, but it's still a specific, you know, experience being Native American, being in like the concrete jungle type of situation and having to deal with all that shit. And, you know, it's a, like modern day stuff. So, so far I like it a lot. Just the, the what's it called? The prologue? Is that what it's called? The beginning part? And he's talking oh, mm-hmm. about, um, to some shit I didn't know, he's talking about the Indian's head, he's talking about how up until like fairly recently with TV that they would show an in, a native American head oh. um, when the TV would go off. Remember back in the days, oh, yeah. those kids don't remember um, the TV would go off around midnight. We only had three channels, maybe, <laughs> maybe four, maybe four. If you had the UHF channel um, to put other stuff on local shit. Um, but at midnight, the TV would go off and we would have these, um, like rainbow lines, right? But before that, it was an Indian head. So he talks about the history of that. Mm. It's fucked up, dude. Fucked up. So you, it huh. just gets you in the in the zone of like, it reminds you like, yo, Native Americans have been fucked with and fucked up and, you know, just disrespected from jump. And mm. now let's talk about these contemporary stories. So mm. I like it. Huh. Um, what I want, I didn't get a chance okay, to finish I'm it. I'm a bookmark here. I'm yes. going to text that. Yeah. Um, I wanted to yesterday at the Rancho Mirage Library was um, a discussion on there there. And I was like, yes, I want to read it because I want to make everyone there feel uncomfortable because I know it's going to be all white, older people. Um, But I didn't get to finish. I didn't get to read it. Like you had to get back to like page 30 something or and I didn't get to that part yet. So I didn't make it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I to see what they were um, talking about. And then the next book I have on tap is, I believe she's your, she's your home girl, Fru- Fruit of the Drunken Tree by Ingrid Rojas Contreras. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll be curious to see what you think. So did you like it? Yeah, I did. I liked it. I liked it a lot. And if, like, you have a lot of author friends, say you didn't like it, <laughs> would you tell her? Would I tell her? No. <laughs> no. 
I would not. <laughs> you know, it, it's a lot like working in the music industry. You, like, a lot of people play with a lot of stuff that they love or that they're working on or that they're the A&R person for or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you figure out the right way to say that you don't like it. And the way that I think that everyone just ends up with is, oh, that's cool, man. It's not really my thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just not, uh, it's just not really my thing, but it's great. <laughs> it's not my Steve's, but yeah, cool. I see how other people can. Yeah, learn. totally. <laughs> <laughs> and and Tia, what about you? What, what have you been reading? Uh, I just finished a book called Circe by Madeline Miller, oh, yeah, which is, yeah, it's really interesting. It's uh, a telling of uh, Circe, who is a Greek god. And she is banished to an island uh, because she's also a witch. Oh. And um, she, people know her from Greek mythology because she, uh, Odysseus spent a year with her when he was traveling on his way back after um, fighting the Trojan War. And I forget how she's, uh, is that the Iliad or the Odyssey? Um, the Odyssey, I think. Um, Greek scholars out there like flipping a table over. They're like, How is <laughs> um, breaking news. I never read either. Um, but uh, I don't know how she's treated in that. I think it's kind of like a, not a siren because the sirens are nearby, but I, she might, it might've been like, Oh, he fell under her spell and whatever. Mm. But she's actually just this very interesting sort of being and all about her story of like growing up over forever and um, getting banished and what it's like on her island. And then he shows up and they kind of fall in love and she has a child and kind of her life. It's, it's really, it's a very interesting take on Greek mythology. It's a really, um, it's just a really fascinating story. And it's one of, I haven't read something in a while that like people would literally stop me. Like I was traveling and somebody that was at the airport was like, Oh my God, do you love that book so much? (laughs) And then a woman I sat next to on the plane was like, Oh my gosh, I love that book. Do you love it? And I was like, yeah. (laughs) uh, I I do like it and recommend it. And um, I'm about to, I just started reading a book called Queen of the Tearling. And it's like a sort of YA fantasy book. Uh, they got really good reviews. I asked for a whole bunch of books for Christmas and I got them and I'm like halfway, I'm like making my way. So that's the next one. And then I feel like I'm going to go into like some heavy duty nonfiction about climbing Mount Everest after this. Oh, okay. Um, I just, I was reading something on Santi Gold. She was saying that, um, climbing Mount motherhood is, Harder than climbing Mount Everest. Yeah, I buy that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I think I, I've never had it, never wanted to climb Mount Everest, but yeah, sure. <laughs> um, I also forgot to mention that, um, you know, for those, there's that one app that I've been sending to everybody and their mother, Libby. There's another one too, but I don't like the interface the way it looks, but it's called Libby. And if you download that app, you can add any and all library cards to it. So you can um, yeah. check out all books, but also they have f- free audiobooks. 
Mm. So I was like, perfect. Cause I need, you know, I'm like just gripping through all my podcasts and I need stuff when I'm, you know, cleaning, cooking, da, 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 da. So I was like, oh, I haven't read Kitchen Confidential. Uh. If, if Anthony Bourdain reads this, I'm in. He reads it. It's amazing. <laughs> he's such an, I never, I've always wanted to read it. And, you know, he's reading it to me and he's amazing. It just confirms again, how amazing he is. He's an amazing writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sad when it ends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Cause you're just like, he's not here anymore. And also sad of some of the things he talks about in the book, when he talks about like someone that they, in the, in the restaurant scene that they know that commit suicide and, mm-hmm. You're just like, ah, oh, the things you're saying right now, don't say those things. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and you're just like, fuck. And then, and then I was kept looking. Well, like when I first started, I was like, I have like eight hours to go. And then when I kept looking at the time when I'm getting closer to the end, like I didn't want it to end, you know, cause I didn't want to not hear his voice. So I was like, oh, I'm probably going to have to listen to this you know, every couple of years or something like that. But mm-hmm. I totally recommend it. If you, everyone, if you haven't read it, read it. If you ca- can listen to it to to hear his his voice read read you his his history and stuff like that and he gets mad love to Ecuadorians and Mexicans as hmm. we all know that but like in the book I'm yeah. like, yo, I was telling um Kano because he's Ecuadorian I was like yo I go um Anthony Bourdain man I go I'm like four or five chapters in mad love to Ecuadorians and he was saying that um his family. He's like, they don't really, you know, fuck with a lot of people, but like his deals and everybody, because they were they would show the sh- his show in Spanish. And he's like, they all loved him. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, he and he always says, I've read a couple of his books and I have one of his cookbooks. And he always goes out of his way to say, like, the the best part of the things that he learned about like cooking and working in a kitchen he learned from the like Latin, many of them undocumented people who worked in kitchens and that like the sort of like the work ethic and in the, the desire to like get ahead and learn things and whatever, he always has just the best things to say. Great. He's such yeah. great. Such a loss. I know. I miss him. I know. Oh, man. Um, so yeah, books. 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 Oh, uh, Lilium, talk to us before we go. Talk to us about Goldie Vance, the hotel who done it. No, <laughs> what is yeah, that? Yeah, uh, Goldie Vance is a is a is based on a comic book that came out, um, I guess, a while back. Um, um, it was written by Hope Larson. And it was super popular. Um, Goldie Vance is uh, a 16-year-old um, girl who wants to be a, a detective more than anything. And she lives in a hotel with her father is like a, a manager of this hotel. And it's set in the 1950s, uh, 60s in this imaginary town. But it's based in like in Florida, like in Miami. But it's um, called St. Pascal. And so then it's like really, really cute, like who done it, super positive, like, um, you know, hearty, hearty boys and girl, you know, that kind of like she wants to solve the mystery. Um, and she's also biracial. Um, she yes. also is in, in love with a girl. <laughs> so it's, yes. really, I know it's really <laughs> fun to write. Like, so, so they're, what they're doing is, um, little Brown, uh, books for young readers. They're going to be doing a companion kind of like a book, a novel, 
um, series based on the comic books, and they're going to come out next year, and I'm writing the first one. Yeah! Yeah, it's fun. It's been really fun. It's a different, a totally different. <laughs> <laughs> no violence, really. <laughs> uh, no cursing. <laughs> I mean, Goldie Vance is super positive, which is so not me. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been really fun to write about her. Right through, you know, right through her point of view, because she's like everyone around her wants her to succeed. Um, they're all like, "You can do it," and she has like a can-do attitude, <laughs> <laughs> which I love. I love that. So, um, yeah, I, and it's fun to like go into this kind of camp, not, not campy, but just live in that kind of like 1950s campy world. And, you know, like sock hops and yeah. racing and um jukeboxes and you know stuff like that <laughs> fun happy days basically you're up in happy days right now yes I'm like, <laughs> like watching the happy days moment so yeah it's been really fun to just write that character she's it's like a good uh balance for me because um I was writing something really deep and young and young adult angst and then I would write a Goldie Vance which she's so not like that <laughs> When you write, when you're in this space, are you right? Do you write two different things at the same time or do you just focus on one at a time? No, I, um, because just by chance, cause I was on deadline for two different projects. So, um, I was writing two things at the same time. Like, and I would just try to pick, like, I would pick, um, my harder stuff. I don't know. It depends. Like I would pick the harder stuff or the more like emotionally driven stuff in the morning just mm. to get it over with yeah. and then, you know, give myself a treat. And I'll yeah. <laughs> like happy stuff yeah. at, at, you know, at the day later on in the day or at night. So that was the way I tried to divide it. But it was the first time I ever did that. I mean, I'm always working on multiple stuff, but not like at the same time, like at the same day, you know, in the same day. Yeah. It was, it was a bit of a challenge, but it worked out. Cause I was wondering like when you're writing this and you're in the happy days world, does that, whatever you're in, does that change your mood for the day? Yeah. I mean, I think because the next young adult book that I'm writing doesn't come out until next year, but that was way more, um, personal or, mm. so it took up a lot of emotions. Like it was mm-hmm. really emotionally hard for me to write, um, so it was interesting that I had to write Goldie Vance at the same time because Goldie Vance was like, oh, I have to really, I had to really shift into a mm. whole different gear when I was writing Goldie Vance. Goldie Vance is not depressed. <laughs> <laughs> and can you talk, can you talk about the, the new book that you're writing to tell the, oh, the yeah. listeners what it is? It comes out next year through Bloomsbury. It's uh, in the fall of 2020. And um, it's, um, it doesn't have an f- official title yet, but it's a retelling of a Greek myth, Orpheus and Eurydice. Um, it's set in the South Bronx uh, with a, a wannabe bachata singer <laughs> who falls in love with Yuri, who's a displaced uh, Puerto Rican, displaced from Hurricane Maria, who's suffering from PTSD, but is also being followed by an angry spirit. Amazing. Please believe that. Add that to your list. When possible, pre-order that shit. Yeah. I don't think you can pre-order it yet. But yes, it's um, fall to 2020. I'm excited for that one. That'll that'll be a... That's, I think, one of my favorites. Like, it was hard to write, but I think it's my most personal story. 
But then, and then Goldie Vance is just fun. <laughs> Happy days. <laughs> just like if she's fun. <laughs> How cute. Um, okay. Any TV, Lillian? Anything you're into? You're all about obsessed? Um, oh, I'm only obsessed with Los Spookies. Ah, oh, see, see, see. Yes. I have, I've seen a couple of, uh, like trailers for that. Like you might enjoy this. And I'm like, Ooh, I might. <laughs> so it's good. so funny and weird and different. And I just, I'm, I'm so in love with it. It's just, it's so good. <laughs> I love it so much. And that's what, that was yesterday. I just had like a, a long day and I was just, and then I started surfing the crimson wave. It was just like too much. And then I was just like, I'm just gonna like just be in the bed after the supernatural bear went to bed. And then I was like, I just want, I told uh, me, see that I just want to lay here, fall in and out of sleep. And then at one point I, the new Los Spookies came out, will come out. And he's like, okay. He's like, I'm going to bring you the iPad. Cause I couldn't move. And I was like, yes, please. He's like, sit up, sit up. Or you're not going to, you're going to go to Mimi's early. He's like, sit up. He's like, watch Los Spookies. I go, you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> um, you know how much I love it. And it's amazing. So it's um, Fred Armisen, right. Who's really not a big factor in it, but he's one of the creators, but he created it with Julio, Julio um, Torres, yeah. who is an El Salvador, Salvadorian um, immigrant who, oh, just, you know, just comes here and then, ooh, boom, is a is a comic and, oh, boom, is a writer on SNL. Yeah. And then um, Anna, I forget her last name, she's on the show as well and she's also one of the creators. It is fantastic. The music alone, we'll have a, a link to the playlist. Um, me and Janet... Um, and the entertainment writer for LA Times, we got into this thing on Twitter talking about how much we love Los Spookies. And then mm-hmm. my friend, was, I was like, is there a playlist? Like we're like, you know, uh, tagging HBO and stuff like we're like, is there a playlist? And then my friend's like, I don't know, but I'm going to make one. And then <laughs> the music supervisor of Los Spookies was like, oh, there is one. <laughs> oh by the way there is one and then we started talking and then I started asking him questions because I was just saying how you know movies and TV I'm just I'm, I love music so much and I just you know just had a awesome conversation about um how important how music can really fuck up or enhance or could be a big actual big character in a, a movie or TV show and how this one is just amazing and ugh, just so you know, gothy. It's really and, funny. You should watch it. Lisa. Yeah, you would love oh. it. So okay. hilarious. Okay, humor, Julio is, and if you look up, we're talking about this, Lilium. If you look up Julio, he's been a guest on the Tonight Show, Jimmy Fallon, where he like he'll bring him on to like. If you look up the Holly, the costumes for Halloween, mm-hmm. that's like gold. People like, oh, what are, what are some suggestions? How like this long-winded, like dress up as such and such, such who's totally disappointed and <laughs> just uh, these amazing stories. And then next month he has an HBO comedy special, um, and I'm super. If you see the trailer, I'm super excited. I think it's called Shapes. Yeah, so, it looks so good. Oh my the god! The trailer. He's like, I don't have that much time, but I have a lot of shapes to go through. So let's start. <laughs> So random. It's <laughs> so random and so amazing. Tia, I think you'll like it. There's no okay. laugh track. You don't oh, gotta good. be as long as there's no laugh be. track. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, just yeah. don't tell me where to laugh. I'll figure it out. I'll fi- <laughs> trust me, I'm going to figure it out. Yeah, this bitch, she doesn't watch sitcoms. So don't no. don't even ask her about them. She doesn't do no, it. Don't That's do hilarious. it. <laughs> <laughs> T.I., any, what's your, what's your uh, obsession right now, TV-wise? Um, you know, the only thing that, the thing I'm most committed to at the moment is re- a rewatch of Deadwood. Mm. which um, I would love, I will get into deeper in, uh, deeper analysis and thoughts on in our next episode probably, but that's uh, that's kind of been my big thing. Um, although I just watched them, I finally watched the movie Isle of Dogs yesterday. Oh. <laughs> I, yeah, just, I just texted this long-winded thing to, to Lilium and Heartbreak Radio, but every time, lo- Isle of Dogs is in the atmosphere because I was watching... Um, uh, what's his name? Fuck, I can't think of his name. Um, he has a special on HBO. Gerard Carmichael. He has a as like a documentary special. It's called Home Videos, and he has this one about um, uh, he's confronting his dad because they just him and his family just found out that his dad has secretly has had four other children. Oh, yeah. So it's like real deep, right? <laughs> and he, so he's talking. He goes back to where he's from, North Carolina, and he's like sitting on the porch with like some of his cousins, brother, and maybe a couple of uncles or stuff like that. And they're just talking about all kinds of shit, the neighborhood. And he's like, yeah, and they're talking about this one street and drive-bys and stuff like that. Because I guess a car had gone by without the lights. And they're talking about how like, you know, you just don't do that because, you know, you get worried about drive-bys. Blah, blah. And he's talking about this one street. And they're like, you don't go past this one street. And they're like, talking, he's he's like, yo, someone's like, oh, there's all these dogs. And he's like, oh, yeah, those dogs. And they're all like fucking stray and they're crazy. And then you hear Jared say, yeah, it's like that one um, Wes Anderson movie, right? <laughs> Crickets. No one says shit, <laughs> right? And then, and, then, and then just out of nowhere, like under his breath, you hear him say, wrong crowd. <laughs> that's funny because <laughs> that's i'm sure that's happened to all of us right like we go back home family functions and we're talking about the shit that like we're talking about here on the podcast and they have no fucking idea oh yeah done <laughs> wrong crowd so did you did right wrong crowd did you did you like Isle of dog i haven't watched it yet uh, it was interesting. Like, I'm not the world's biggest fan of his movies. They're a little like twee and precious for me. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was pretty cool. And a friend of mine just had to like, she's had two dogs forever, like almost 20 years, and she's had to put them both to sleep in like the past uh-huh. three weeks. Uh-huh. And so, like, I was crying a little bit. I was like, oh my god, because and then she had to put her dogs down. <laughs> and yeah. so there are a couple points where I got a little teary eyed. But I think that that was external forces. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. It's interesting. I wouldn't run right out and watch it. Okay. Um, Deadwood, didn't they, are they, have they come out with the movie or is it a movie? Yeah, yeah. The movie came out, I think like a month ago. And so uh, we're doing a rewatch in the house so that we can in- properly enjoy the movie because we haven't watched Deadwood for like, I don't know, seven, six, seven years. Mm. I hear nothing but good things about it. It's on my list. Oh, it is. I love like, a lot of the actors on there. I love me a Western. I don't know yeah, why, but I, I love mean, it. It's like, I don't know. I'll, I can get into it more on the next episode, but it's like, yes. it's so problematic in so many ways. <laughs> um, and like the, the way people are treated and the way different, like 
you know, there's a woman on there who has some sort of like mental and physical handicap and they just like call her the worst names and rip into her. Mm. But she's also the sort of like, and she's also sort of like at peace with herself. And like, she's probably the happiest person on the show. Everyone else is miserable. <laughs> but and so it's like, and on one hand, I'm like, oh, but then they show her in the good light. But then it's kind of like the, you know, kind of like the joyful native. And it's like, I don't oh, know. Is she shit. happy? I don't know. Like, this is so problematic. So I'm, I'm having all kinds of like, is this problematic? Is it not? I don't know. Like, I'm feeling a little conflicted about it. But it is it is certainly enjoyable. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm excited to, you know, when you finally finish the series and get into the movie to see what you think about yeah. the movie. Yeah. Um, sure. Just a quick update on our movie list, the Marvel movie list, um, as we're watching them in, in theatrical release order. Um, it's a tall, tall uh, task, but we are nearing the end, folks. Wow. Today we watch Captain Marvel. Tomorrow we watch Endgame. Monday we watch, we go to the theater. I take um, the Supernatural Bear, one of his good friends out here, to go watch Spider-Man Far From Home. So we're done, almost done. 20-something films, wow. kids. Jeez. That's amazing. I don't know how. I don't, with with the, with his dad. I don't know how he did it. I, I don't know. know That's a it. lot of scheduling. You remember how long it took for fucking to watch what the Star Wars movies with yes. that motherfucker? Yeah. <laughs> this is twenty something. I was like, oh, this is not gonna happen. But no, he 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 powered through. We made the time. We would have been finished already, but the Supernatural Bear got sick, and then um, you know, had to go out of town. So, but yeah, we're, I, I made sure to, you know, see if the movie's still in the theaters because we want to see it at a D-Box. The kids have never experienced a D-Box. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So we're almost there. I see that light at the end of the tunnel. But <laughs> watching the movies again now after seeing Endgame, whew, some tears that shouldn't be there when I'm watching it. Yeah, <laughs> I bet. Because you're like, oh, yeah. And then, oh, oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> remember when? <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah good stuff um all right any what else do we have anything else on the list but what, what we got we're wrapping it up yeah that's, that's anything interesting i have to talk about yeah Lily. <laughs> yeah that's it now <laughs> all right well thank you so much Lillian, uh, for thank you so much you can come on our show anytime any fucking time <laughs> we love it um and we'll just, you know what? Because we'll have you on again when the, your next shit comes out. And we'll talk about that shit. <laughs> Thanks, guys. You you guys are the best, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Um, peace out, nerds. strikes half past six babe time to wait for golden light say it's a good time for the great taste dinner at mcdonald's it's mac tonight come on make it mac Hey guys, um, this is the Supernatural Bear, and I have something to tell you. To, um, the, ner the Nerd Out is brought to you by...
Allspronic Engineers, a great a great production and instructions manual company that that can support that can support those in need. Later. Hello. Okay. All right. Good. All right. All right, bitches. Let's do this shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Nine fifty-six a.m. Let's do it.